as trying to finish up Second Timothy, and uh, we've preached on several of them, and Hannah and Sarah and Rebecca, and I don't know who all we preached on, but a lot of wonderful women of the Bible, of whom most are pictures of the church from some perspective, and it's a blessing. But today we're going to kind of change gears because not all the women of the Bible are nice ladies. And there's a few in there that we need to learn from. The Bible said in uh, Romans 15, 3 and 4 there that the things that's written aforetime, Old Testament, are written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And uh, the Bible is a Bible of wisdom, of course. The Bible is a Bible, uh, it's a book of uh, wisdom, but it's also a, a book of warning. And Paul told Timothy to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So uh, one of the goals that I have is try to preach through the whole counsel of God, preach the whole counsel of God. And today we're going to look at this will be a different type message, be more of a teaching message. But I hope it'll be a help to us. There's uh, some folks here that uh, just Brother Atchison over there. How are you related to Johnny? He's your uncle. Johnny had a, 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 a very positive Christian influence on me when I was young. He was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, where is he at now? He's still down in Omaha, Arkansas. Would you tell him I said hi? And I'm going to ask you to do something else. Would you stand and lead us in prayer and pray for me while I preach today? Uh, if you would, I'd appreciate that. Yes, Lord. Amen. I want you to read with me through uh, Judges chapter 16, verses number 4 through 31. We're in the life of Samson here. You're looking at Samson in the book of Judges. The Bible said it came to pass, and if you don't happen to have a Bible with you, why well, you can read up on the wall there. I do want to encourage you to always bring your Bible with you to church if you can, because you can mark the passages of Scripture, and then it helps you in studying at home and reading at home. The Bible said it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. I am preaching on the woman Delilah today, the woman Delilah in the Bible. Every person needs to understand just as much as you need to know the godly and good women of the Bible, you need to know the wicked ones and the, and the bad ones. Her name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth, by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, uh, it appears in the Bible that there are 30 of these lords of the Philistines if you do other study. So if you took 30 times 1,100 pieces of silver in today's uh, money, that would be somewhere something short, just a little over $2 million that they offered this woman to destroy this man. So it wasn't no little deal. And it was a big, big deal. It was a big issue. And I'll talk about why later, why they wanted rid of him so bad. Verse number six, and Delilah said to Samson, tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, if they bind me with seven green whiz that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. I just now popped something, saw something I hadn't seen yet. And that is, she got by, by his messing around with her, he got to lying. He just lied to her. He just lied to her. Now, I just picked that up just now. But anyway, verse number eight, then the lords of Philistines brought up to her seven green whiz, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. 
Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto them, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the whiz as a thread of tow that is broken with touch at the fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. Now, wouldn't you think that a guy might be getting the idea here, is something wrong with this woman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something wrong here, man. But anyway, but I just want to throw this at you. You get to mess around wrong places. You get to mess your heart wrong places. And you'll totally be blind to that which is fixing to kill you. Anyway. Uh, verse number 11, he said unto her, if they bind me fast with new ropes that, I, that were never occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. So he lies again to her. And Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber and he broke them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, hitherto hast thou mocked me. <laughs> told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. <laughs> he said unto her, if thou weavest the seven locks of my head. Now, uh, I, I preached a message years ago entitled Haircuts from Hell, and I'm going to preach it again here for long. But that's a whole different message. But there's a reason he had seven locks. Great, great truths in the Bible about the seven locks of Samson's hair. Uh, weave it with, with a web. And she fastened it with a pen and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. He wake out of sleep, went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. <laughs> I can see him headed up through town with a big old big weaver's beam in the back of his head. And she said unto him, how can thou say, I love thee when thine heart is not right with me? If I was a young person or anybody, I'd done a line that in your Bible, what she said to him. I love thee. How can you say, I love thee when thine heart is not right with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, and underline this, when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. Underline that. And he told, and watch verse 17 after all this happened. He told her all his heart and said upon her, there hath not come a razor upon my head for I've been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me and I shall become weak and be as any other man. Now I'm going to stop right there. You know the story or hope you know the story. Uh, he finally told her the truth. And uh, she had him sleeping on her lap, and he, she brought in a man, and he cut the seven locks off his head. And when he arose, he did not realize the Lord had departed, his strength had departed from him, and they took him. And the first thing they did was blind him, and then they bind him, and then he's grinded. And I want to tell you something this morning, that if your life seems like it's a grind, you better listen to this message. And uh, because messing with Delilah can turn your life into just gr a, a grind. Your life is no fun, no joy, no happiness, no purpose, no nothing. You just are grinding your way through life. And so uh, uh, we're going to look at several things of the characteristics of a Delilah today. And again, I'm just I'm going to try not to just be hard preaching. I'm just going to try to be very methodical. But if you want to write these down, if you look in verse number five, let's go back up to verse number five and we'll pick all these things up. And the lords of the Philistine came upon her and said unto her, Tie him where his great strength lies. And gets down at the bottom and says, We'll give every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. The first characteristic of a Delilah in your life is she's more interested in money, materialism, possessions, and pleasure, and a good time than she is you. And money will turn her. We're living in a culture where a girl, just the whole culture is shoving her for money because money will buy the things that she wants and be able to do the things that she wants to do. It's created an unbiblical home setting and an independence that this is why I mean, like, there's no need for a husband. Who needs a husband? There's the attitude out there that. But one of the first things, guys, boys, I want to tell you something. If your girl that you're looking at, and by the way, let me say, first of all, that a spirit or characteristic or traits of a Delilah is not just in women. You girls need to listen because you might be messing around with a Delilah guy. And that's the worst. Amen. But anyway, the first thing is, number one, the Delilahs are materialistic. Uh, I forget the girl was, she was a big rock star years ago, sung, I'm, I'm a material girl. Anybody remember who I'm talking about? Madonna. Madonna. I'm a material girl. And I'm telling you something. Young ladies across America are being geared to be materialistic. 
what they, they do not want a relationship. They want what they can get out of the relationship. There's a big difference in that. And they're looking for money. She was looking, Delilah was looking for money. She was looking for what she could do with possessions, uh, a position, power, pleasure, whatever it is. But it's always the money is more important than the person. Are you listening to me? Guys, girls, pick up real quick. Is this person more interested in the person or in the money or in what I have? I want to ask you a question. Ask yourself this question today. Would I be more interested in a boy who had money than I would be in a boy who doesn't have money? Just ask yourself that. In all honesty, would that entice me if I knew he had money? And we could just about drive anything we wanted to drive and live anywhere we wanted to live and go anywhere we wanted to go and do anything we wanted to do. Would that, would that have any bearing on my relationship with that guy? If it, if it is, you need a little bit of heart purification powder. All right? You need to be looking deeper than what you can get out of the marital. Now, I'm not saying marry some guy who's lazy for sure. Amen? Make sure he works hard. If he don't know how to use a chainsaw, run from him. If he don't know how to swing a hammer, run. Get away from him. If he's a lazy hound dog and all he sets is, all he does when you're driving down the road with him is dream about what he's going to do and he ain't doing nothing, you're marrying a dreamer, <laughs> not a doer. But the first characteristic of Delilah is that she is uh, materialistic. Watch out for the girl that all she cares about is how she looks and how her dress is and she doesn't care about her inner being. She's materialistic. I, uh, I was going to, stupid me, I was going to do a deal where uh, I was going to introduce this with pornography because Delilah is connected to pornography. Uh, pornography right now is an $18 billion business in the United States alone. And the United States is not near the biggest country in it. Pornography is the largest monetary funder for AT&T, Facebook, on the whole nine yards. Every communications company that you know of, that you can think of, and MasterCard and Visa and all of them are making millions and billions off of pornography because that's how it's paid for. That's how it's processed and brought into people. And I want to say to the boys on this end, if you're attracted to Delilah's, you need to, you need to get something fixed in your heart. If you're attracted to a Delilah, and I'm going to tell you something, Satan has always had plenty of Delilahs to pull you in. I want you to take your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 7, Proverbs chapter 7, Proverbs 5, 6, 7, and even more uh, Proverbs there uh, have a lot to say about this issue. But we're looking at the woman of Delilah. What is she like? What can we learn from her? How can we be warned and what wisdom can we get? Uh, you get into chapter 7, uh, and there it talks about, um, uh, yeah, here we go. Let's pick it up at verse number 5. Proverbs 7, verse number 5. Everybody there say amen. amen. That they may keep thee. He's talking about the wisdom of God's law and God's words and God's commandments. They keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with the words. Now, a strange woman is any woman besides your wife. Okay. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement, and I beheld among the simple ones, boys under line, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. He didn't understand nothing. Passing through the corner, near her corner, he went the way of her house. That was his first bad move. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Isn't it amazing we like to sin in the dark, and we don't want mom and dad or nobody else knowing where we're at. Verse number 10, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. Uh-oh. Oh, I know I'm not supposed to preach on modesty. That's off limits anymore, isn't it? Well, tell me what's the attire of a harlot. Can I tell you, I can prove to you, photo proof to you that, Reggie, be careful. Whores and harlots dress better than the average woman going to church in America back in the 1920s. I can show you photos of them standing out in front of the brothels waiting for men to come by and were better dressed and more modestly dressed than the average woman in American churches today. That's the honest truth. The attire of harlot and subtle of heart. And by the way, don't take issue with me. Take issue with the Bible about it. Why do you want to get mad at me because I preach the Bible to you? What's wrong with you? What's the deal? It's one thing if you don't know and you've never been taught, but it's another thing if you've known it and you rebel and fight against it and oppose it. That's something wrong. 
Look at this verse. Look at the underline this in verse 10. The last thing, subtle of heart. This is what Delilah was. She is loud. Delilah. Stubborn. Delilah. Her feet abide not in her house. Better get that one. Now she is without and now in the streets and lieth and waited every corner. You know what that's telling you, folks? They're everywhere. There are Delilah's on Facebook. I don't know whether I can, I don't know whether I'm going to keep Facebook or not. I'm serious with you. They started a new deal up that, that flows into your feed. And it's these little, little video clips of seduction. And me and Karen looked at it the other day. And, you know, she, we're trying to figure out how to block it out. Or is there some way of keeping it off your feed? But I, I'm sitting there. I told her, I said, Karen, these boys in church don't have a chance. If this is what's coming across these young men's feet, they're in big, or the girls either one. Or the girls either one. If this is coming across their Facebook feed, they're in trouble. And I'm telling you something, that porn, that, that soft porn will quickly turn to hard porn. You say, you shouldn't be preaching at church. Yes, I should. Yes, I should. And I'm telling you, porn will kill you. It'll destroy your heart, your mind, your soul. It'll destroy your marriage. It'll destroy your relationship. It'll destroy. It'll, you'll have a total. You, you won't even remotely have a reality of life. Because, anyway. So she caught him, verse number 13, and kissed him. And with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face. I have found thee. Oh boy, I got found. I deck my bed. When a woman says that to a young man, she's, she's way over across the line. Amen? With coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt, perfume my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. This is a Delilah. This is a woman seducing in and, and, and let us solace ourselves with love. Come, come let's take a fill of love in the morning. So for verse number 19, I, this passage right here always made me want to vomit. For the good man is not at home. My husband gone. He's gone on a long journey. What is she doing to this young man? Now, let me tell you, up to this point, you know what that young man's doing? He's wondering where her husband's at. If he's going to show up all of a sudden. And she senses it. So now she has to leave his concerns about her husband walking in on the situation. Oh, he's gone on a long trip. I'm going to tell you young people something. I'm going to tell you mom and dad something. You know, when you're going, if your heart's not right and you've got rebellion in it and you sit in this church and you sing and you do all this stuff, but your heart's not right and you find out your mom and dad takes a trip, that's when you're going to get in trouble. Are you listening to me? Mom and dad went on a trip. They went here and they, you know how many days they're going to be gone. And that's the moment in life that you're going to get yourself in trouble. Just tell them. He'll take a bag of money with him. We'll come home at the day appointed. She says, I know exactly when he's coming home. Buddy, you don't have to worry about it. Young man, you don't have to worry about my husband coming. With her much fair speech, whoo, she caused him to do what? Yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. Now, I want you to remember that Samson just kept, he was lying to her, but he wouldn't leave. Now, this is a very important concept. He knew things weren't right, but he wouldn't leave. Verse number 22, he goeth after her straightway, watch this folks, as an ox goeth to the slaughter. Let me give you an illustration of that. When I was a boy, we had a big old ox that we were going to butcher. And the guy that butchered him came down to the house, and it was my job to go feed that thing every morning. It'd be milk, we'd be milking, and dad said, go feed the steer. I'd take a little bucket of grain out there. And that old boy, he, I mean, he knew when he could hear, I, that steer knew when I was coming. When the guy came that slaughtered him, he took my bucket with my feed, stuck it in front of that steer's nose, and led him around the barn and led him underneath a rafter where he could hang him, set the bucket down. The steer stuck his head in that bucket. He stuck a twenty-two to his head. I mean, stuck it right up against his head. And that's the description God gives. He had no earthly idea that this was going to kill him, that this was going to destroy him. And I'm going to tell them, I don't want a bunch of dummies growing up in this church. I don't want you stupid idiot boys and girls who have no control over your flesh. Amen. Who'll be led like an ox to the slaughter in immorality. 
I beg of you. I'm a little rough. I know you may not like me. I know you may be sitting there and saying, if I ever grow up and get out of home, I'll never come back to this church. Help yourself. I love you. As a fool to the correction of the stocks. Look at verse number 23. Till a dart strike through his liver. Now, when a dart goes through your liver, it's over. As a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Samson did not know that messing with this woman like he did is going to get his life. And again, it's not just women. It could be girls. You're messing with a boy who's going to wreck and ruin your life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. By the way, let me quit talking to young people. There's way more adults leaving each other and hooking up and hooking up and all that than there is young people messing around. Amen. Amen. We're not care if us preachers get up. You young people this, you young people that, you young people this. When all the time it's adults sitting there, some 60-year-old man watching porn every week, wanting his daughter to live right and dress right. Aye, man. Amen. Verse number 25, let thine heart decline to her ways, go not astray in her paths. Look at verse 26, for she hath cast down many wounded, many, and get this, strong men have been slain by her. Not, was Samson, what kind of guy was he? Strong man. Her house, look at verse 27, and this is God's word. This is in Reader's Digest. This is in a college course. This is the eternal word of God. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. So we said, first of all, and I was take off on Delilah, but that's your, that's your Proverbs account of Delilah in a greater detail there. So we said, first of all, she's materialistic. Money will move her, and she likes money more than she does you, or he, he likes money more than her. I'll ask you boys, that girl you're looking at, would, if she didn't have money, would you be interested in marrying her? I remember I told Karen, I said, if you think you're married money, you're, you're not. I owe $60,000 and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. So that's what you're marrying. I knew she loved me. She wouldn't have married me. Amen. She could have easily said, you know, Reggie, I think a lot of you and I like you. I might even love you some, but I'm not married $60,000 in debt. I ain't signing up for that. But she did. And I'll tell you, I, I appreciate it. But I had to tell her. I didn't want her to marry me and then Two weeks after marriage, well, guess what? We owe $60,000. What? Yeah, be honest. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but be honest with the people you're, you're dealing with. Number two, I'm going to tell you about Delilah's. She, Delilah's want to be connected to somebody that will enlarge her identity. Yeah. I'm going to marry him because... I'll be somebody if I marry him. Hey, girls, can I tell you something? That is so stupid. That is so stupid. If you're marrying somebody because, you know what, these girls go chasing after these ball players and these movie stars and all that stuff, and they chase somebody because they think they're famous, and it's going to make me, I'll, I'll be walking down the highway with him. Everybody be looking at me. You say, what are you talking about? Samson, don't, did you know that Samson was kind of like, way up beyond Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever his name is. But he was the superstar of his age. Are you listening to me? You go back two or three chapters and read what this man did. I mean, he killed the thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. He carried off the entire gates of a city. This guy, I, I'll tell you what, you don't know how, how good you are. I'm gonna, let me show you. I, I, I guarantee you, nobody in NBA can do what he did. He caught how many uh, foxes? 200? Was it 200 foxes? Tied their tails together. Try that. Go catch him, big shot. You fast runner with your tennis shoes on. Go catch him. Amen. I'm just saying, listen, this guy was a superstar. And you know what? Delilah said, oh, my goodness, I'm hooked up with Samson. You watch that attitude. I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to, if God put it together, are you willing to marry the guy that nobody knows, that'll never be famous, that'll never be nobody? You willing that girl that, you know what I'm saying? 
If, if you're hooking up because of identity, that's crazy, but that's what a Delilah will do. It's not for the right reasons. Number three, Delilahs will sense and use your weakness against you. Now, we're going to get into some dicey stuff right here. A Delilah will use your weaknesses against you. Samson had a weakness and she knew it. You go back two chapters. The first one is met a daughter of the, of the, Tim, of the Philistines down at the vineyards of Timnath. And he said, told his parents, I want her, get her for me. And they said, Samson, can't you, why don't you get a wife of your own people? Don't get the pagan Philistines and the Baal worshipers. Why do you want to be unequally yoked for it? I don't care. I like her. Didn't care about what his mom and dad thought about nothing. Okay. Now, one thing you need to remember about Samson is he had a Nazarite vow on him. Keep this in mind. His parents were visited by an angel of the Lord about him and told them everything about what they were to do with him. You have to go back and read about this, but you want to keep this in mind because there's things that tied into this. So anyway, Delilah's will sense your weakness and that use your weakness. See, here's a lot of times your, your strengths can become your weaknesses because you just think, well, I'm strong. I'm a big dude. I can, I can handle it, but you can't. And she took his weaknesses. What weaknesses did he have? Now listen to me. I don't care how big this is right here. I don't care how muscular you may be. You can be very weak morally. And if you're weak morally, you are a sissy. You're a punk. If you are weak morally. She knew he was weak morally. How'd she know it? By the woman Timnath. And then the next thing that happened, he finds a harlot and goes down and sees a harlot. So, you know, this guy's not, watch, listen to me. He is not morally strong. And she took advantage of his weakness. And this is where she got him. She knew that he was weak and could not control his own flesh and passions. And she could handle him and control him and get done through him what she wanted to do because of his weakness. A Delilah will watch you, study you, try to figure out the weaknesses in your life. And then they'll use them to destroy you. Delilahs are dangerous. Write that down in your Bible. They're dangerous. She, in chapter 14, she, he, he had a deal with the daughters of Philistines. Chapter 16, the harlot down there in Gaza. Now, I'm going to show you how a Delilah guy, and that's a funny term, I know. But a guy with a Delilah heart will do to a girl. That girl will have weaknesses. Now, I'm going to tell, tell you girls something. I love you. But I hope this will help you. I'm not preaching down at you. I'm preaching at you. Many times, girls absolutely will do anything for attention. They want to be noticed. And they'll just sell their soul to be noticed. And it's your weakness. What you may think, you may think your beauty is your strength. If you're not careful, it'd be your weakness. Wrong kind of guy will pull you in. Wrong kind of guy. You'll, you'll attract the wrong kind of guy. They have a weakness of needing companionship. I, I just have to be married. I just have to be married. I just can't be by myself. I mean, uh, the, everybody will look at me. I'm single. I'm, I'm, I'm 25 years old. I'm 30 years old. I, I've just got to have a companion. And it becomes a weakness to you. I have to have approval. I have to have admiration. I have to have it. And that which you think is maybe something strong in you becomes your weakness. And because you have to have it, you sell your life out to get it. Let me give you an illustration. A lot of men or anybody, your weakness can be, I'm just going to tell you, you're using drugs, you're weak. You're very weak. And people will use your need for drugs, your weakness to control you, get your money, get your life, and they don't care what happens to you. They're just like Delilah. I think you're all listening anyway. You need attention, maybe liquor, it may be porn. And let me just throw something at you. Let's just get honest today because we're here. I want to be discreet. God created you male and female. Yeah, right. I, I wish these scientific people, you know, just this morning to come out, Biden executive ordered 
that in the army, you cannot, if a, if a man comes in the women's shower, you can't say nothing about it. Now, we're going to go down. If this guy's not gotten rid of, we're, we're going down. If, this, if the people it, thinks like he does. In the Navy and so forth. You, it, it, I mean, they've, I read the orders. I mean, straight down from the president that, that it, females and males can go in whatever shower they want to in the army. That's what it said today. Now, listen to me. God created you male and female. I, we've got cattle out there. They're just male and female. And if you don't, like the old boy said, try milk and a bull and you'll find out real fast. I've got birds flying around my house. There ain't no transgender birds. Amen. I got bees flying around my house. We're talking about the birds and the bees. There are queen bees and there's other bees and there are male and female bees. That's the only kind of bees there is. Oh my goodness. We got flowers. And there are male and female in the flower business. All of it. Everything in creation is male and female. Everything. There ain't no transgender nothing except stupid, wicked, depraved mankind once tried to make himself being that stupid. But now let me say this to you. God created you male and female. And in that creation, he put in with you the desire for physical relationships. And can I tell you something? There's nothing wrong in the world with physical relationship as long as it was within the marriage perimeter that God put it in. God made you that way. Hey, boys, don't feel bad because you have chase the girls. If you don't chase the girls, I think you're queer. Chase them. No, I don't necessarily think you're queer if you don't, but I'm just saying, what if, what if, what if, what if males weren't interested in girls? That's what, that's what they're heading for. I want to give you, I want to give you ladies something. Do you know what the com- Mao Zedong and the communists did to the Chinese women when they fully implemented their communism? They shaved the heads of the women, got rid of their long hair, and put men's clothing on them, made them wear pants. That's a fact. Destroying the male and female concept and, and, and literally warping their concept of God's creation because that's what communism is all about, is warping everything that God did, okay? Now, here's what I'm going to say to you. The desire, girls, the desire to have a husband, the desire to have intimacy, there's nothing wrong with that. Do not let Satan make you feel like you're a terrible person because you desire to have a husband. Don't you boys make the devil make you feel like you're a terrible person because you want to have a wife. And you want to fulfill the God-given desires that he has given you in your body. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's how you get children. Okay? But now here's the thing God will do, that the devil will do, and this is what happened to Samson. He'll try to get you to fulfill those God-given, God-designed desires outside of the perimeters of God's word. And the second you, he'll take, what's this, a strength, which is having children, having a marriage, having a home, and he'll take that strength and turn it into your weakness and destroy you with your own strength. It's amazing. It's crazy. Um, by the way, you can go to any secular college and get what I'm teaching you this morning. They teach it. No, they won't touch you with a 10-foot pole. Uh, number four, uh, Delilah's understand your weakness and that, and that you, if you don't have control of it by the Holy Spirit, you'll override your instincts and cautions of danger and deception and destruction. And uh, now I'm going to ask you all something. Samson's sitting there. And she's sitting there. I would call some lady up here, but I don't want anybody to play like they're Delilah. And Delilah's sitting there, and she goes, Oh, Samson, tell me your strength. Come on, Samson, tell me your strength. Well, he starts lying to her. When you get yourself in that kind of situation, now I want to ask you, does any boy in here think, I don't know about this girl. She's asking my strength. And How many think that it might be a little caution-like, come on, about this girl? Did you you notice how bold Delilah was? You lied to me. Now tell me your strength, how you can be bound. She's flat out telling him, I want to bound you. I want to ruin you. And he's going, well, 
tie my hands or tie a beam in my hair. He plays with her. How many knows you don't play with a copperhead snake? It will bite you. It will inject poison in you. And he's not doing that to be, oh, a little bit. That snake, his intention is to kill you. He's not going, I want to bite you, make you feel a little bad today. I'm going to bite you if I kill you, if I can. And so here he's, here's what happens. A Delilah will sense, now watch this, that this boy's disobedience to God and his disregard for truth and right is overrode by his flesh. And she knows it. He has no control over himself. He will do whatever I tell him. I can work him like a plow horse. And boys, let me tell you something. Delilah will work you like a plow horse. Delilah's will twist every situation to make them the victim. Let's look at chapter 16. If we can put that up there in verse number 10. Look at verse number 10. Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. She twisted it now. You get it? She'll twist every situation, making herself to be the victim when he's the victim. Delilah's will be their self-victimization people. Oh, you're against me. You don't do this and you don't do that. And you don't love me. Hey, girls, if a guy starts telling you, oh, if you love me, you would do this. And if you love me, if you don't, you must not love me. You won't do this. He's an idiot. Knife his tires and leave him. (laughs) Shoot up in the air and scare him to death. But if she starts making herself out the victim or the boy starts making, I want you to see this. You're with the guy and he's trying to put the make on you. Well, if you love me, you would. He's the poor little victim. Because you won't throw your life away. You're oppressing me. Now I need a safe space. This stuff makes me sick. Makes me sick. Oh, I'm now a victim. This girl won't throw herself away from me. Poor me. I tell you what, you get away from that sorry nag. Amen. I said he's a nag. He ain't a horse, he's an egg. (laughs) Get away from him. You get away from that girl that makes herself to be the victim about everything because you won't do what she wants you to do. Oh, if you love me, you'd buy me that dress. Oh, if you love me, you'd take me here. If you love me, you'd take me there. If you love me, you'd do this. No! Get away from that crowd. Look at verse number 13. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto hast thou mocked me and told me lies. Tell me that wherewith thou may be bound. It goes on. Look at verse number 15. How canst thou say I love thee? Samson, you say you love me, but you won't tell me how to destroy you. Samson, now watch this. She's probes deep. Your heart's not with me. Oh, your heart's not with me. I mean, this is, where are you going to get this at? Tell me, where will you get this in the world except the Bible? You don't get anywhere. Thou hast mocked me. Oh, all of a sudden, because he won't let her destroy him, you're mocking him? This sounds like a bunch of these uh, BLMs and Amphita bunch and all this stuff, you know, and abortionists and all that stuff. It's my body. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's the baby's body. And if it wasn't alive, why do you got to bother it for? This whole culture that we're living in is done exactly. This country is full of Delilahs. They turn everything upside down. And you're supposed to feel sorry for a transgender? You know, I'll just be an author. Well, Reggie, you know, you're a good preacher. I, I enjoy preaching some of your preaching. But when you preach against sodomites and you preach against this stuff, you just look like you're angry. What am I supposed to do? Well, this morning we're going to talk about sodomites and how wicked they are. But before we say anything, we just want you to know we love you unconditionally. We don't expect you to repent or anything. We're just, that stuff makes me sick. This country is full of sissy preachers. Amen. Amen. John the Baptist, what do you think John the Baptist would have done with that bunch? What do you think Jesus Christ, huh? Oh, don't give me this. He was compassionate. His word says, if you don't like this, too bad. You know what his word says ought to be done? Death. Death penalty. I got news for you. You better be glad for mercy. Because did you know you've forgotten adultery? 
It was death penalty. You know why the sodomites don't care what we think? Because we don't, we don't go after adultery like we do sodomy. Oh, somebody in church commits adultery. Well, it's bad, you know, but not that bad. Same Bible says both of them death. That's, that's why they ain't got no time for us, because we're inconsistent. We're hypocrites about what we think's bad. So anyway, they make themselves the victim. They'll call you the bad person. You're unloving, unkind, inconsiderate. You're intolerant. You're bigoted. Number six, Delilah's vex people they're around. Now, the vex is a Bible word. In fact, it says, and look at verse number 16. It came to pass when she pressed him daily. You know what that is? That's nagging. Nag, 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 Boys nag, don't they? Nag, 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 So that his soul was vexed. Vexed means to be gradually wore down day by day. You're just tired of it, so I'm going to give in to it. I'm sick of arguing with you. I'm sick of putting up with it. Every morning I wake up. What's the source of your strength? What's the source of your strength? Tell me what's the source of your strength. Every day. Can't talk about nothing else. Can't do anything else. Can't have any fun doing anything else. Life all about you, me getting my way. And we're not going anywhere until you do what I tell you to do. If you're married to a nag like that, I feel sorry for you. No, I don't. Should have had more sense before you did it. Somebody said if you'd treat her like a thoroughbred, she wouldn't turn out to be such a nag. And you can laugh, it's okay. But I'm going to tell you something, there ain't anything worse than a nag, nagging. And boys can be naggers. So you're going through this boy every time you get alone. Nag, nag, nag. Nag, nag, nag. It's all he's interested in your body. Nag, nag, nag. Nag, nag, nag. Can I be honest with you? The average girl does not surrender her body to a boy on the first date. Which you can talk about dating, courtship, all that. Just, but let's just talk about the broad state of it. What ha- how's it happen? Vexing. Wear them down. Wear them down. Well, if that's the way you are, I think our deal's over with. Yeah. Ah, some of you sweating. I'm sweating too. It's hot. We're having church. Amen. Amen. But it's all right. You just well hear the truth. Amen. They vex people down. She pressed him daily. She urged him, the Bible said. She just kept after him and kept after him and kept after him. I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you why a lot of marriages are shot. I don't know why we have to drive a car like that. Look what they've got over there. Go up in the parking lot. See that new car they drive? Why don't we get a new truck? Why don't we get a new truck? Why don't we get a new car? Why don't we get a new car? Why don't we get a new house? Why don't we get a new house? Why don't we get a new this? Why don't we get a new that? Nag, 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 nag. So pretty soon you're signing them notes. You've been nagged to the bank. <laughs> now you're happy. And then, and then four months later, it's nag, nag, nag. Why didn't you make the payment? Why don't you work harder? We got to make payments. Don't you understand? We got three more times the payments we had six months ago. Why don't you get back? You need to get another job. Nag, 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 nag. Everybody, I'm preaching on nagging. Everybody got that? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I'm thankful my wife's not a nagger. My wife's never been a nagger. She's a prayer, but she ain't a nagger. Uh, I'll tell you what, sometimes I wish she would nag me and not pray. <laughs> she vexed everybody. She makes everybody in every situation miserable. She's forceful, persistent. She pressures. She nags to get their way and the desired end. Then number seven, Delilah's use or misuse your love and affection for them and against you. How can thou say that thou lovest me when thine heart is not right with me? They'll use your, this is wild. So it happens all the time. This girl, she's been praying for God to bring a guy in her life. Brings a guy in her life. And she just gives him her heart. And she tells him, love you. So she starts, well, if you love me, if you love me, they start using their own love against them. So now that brings me to this. Well, let's hang on. That's the seventh thing she does. She misuses their love and affection and turns it against them to twist them to get done what she wants done. Number eight, Delilah will use their bodies for either punishment or reward to accomplish their wicked goals. This is implied in the passage of Scripture. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, listen, you want to keep your marriage together? Never men or women. By, look, you read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the first few verses on that, and it'll teach you how to run a marriage. But you never use your body as reward or punishment to your spouse, Ever. Satan will crack. And by the way, it's one of the few places in the Bible where it mentions Satan by name and it talks about Satan will come into your marriage right then. 
And you read that. I've, I've preached on this before, but there's specific. I'm talking about specific instructions how to run your marriage in that deal. And that bust up. You talking about, you know, the truth about it is they'll stand before the judge. You get a divorce, hire a lawyer and nobody ever talks about what really caused the divorce. You know, somebody using their body for reward or punishment. And that's the kind of person a Delilah is. Number nine, the Delilah's presence in your life will seem like death ultimately. Look what it says in verse number 16. So that his soul was vexed unto death. You listen to me. Listen to me. This Bible's right. You're in a relationship and they're twisting the truth so much and nagging so much and all they want is their way and they're materialistic and they're using you and using your own love and affection for them against you. It'll turn from a relationship that you thought was going to give life and meaning and gladness to you to a relationship of death. And you're wondering now, how can I get out of this? Death. Boy, I'll be honest with you, I could stand and preach here for a while on this. Number 10, Delilah's will tempt you to, to betray God. Verse number 17, he talks about his Nazarite vows. Now listen to me, you're good. In order for him to do what she wanted done, he would have to betray his Nazarite vows. He'd have to betray God. Delilah's will always get you to betray God. That's what they're after. That's Satan's behind it all. Her goal was get him one way or another to violate and break his vows to God. Now, this is a major point, and I don't, I don't have a whole lot more. We'll be done a little bit. Delilah's are used by God, listen to me, to reveal whether your profession of faith and commitment to God is just and only external and not internal. Hang with me here. Samson was raised in a godly home. Godly home. He was committed to the Lord when he was a child. He had the Nazarite vows, which was not to cut the hair, and that was an identity of uh, bearing reproach for God. It, that's a whole subject in its own. He was committed not to touch any dead thing, a symbol of living clean. You don't touch sin. You don't touch, you stay away from it to live clean. And then the other was, um, somebody help me, the, the hair and the, the huh? And, and the liquor and the grapes. Wouldn't drink anything of the vine. There were three th- aspects to that. All right, now, get this, and I'll just quit right here. Samson, God in his word, shows us a young person, a young man, who externally knew how to live, but didn't have it in his heart. He had all the externals down. He could dress right and spit white. Live, quote, right in front of everybody. But given the opportunity, he didn't have it in his heart. I'm going to be honest with you. I have seen this, and, I'm, and I take responsibility to some extent. I've seen this repeatedly in this church. Where a young person grow up here, just apparently tried to do right. Maybe went to camp, even worked at camp. Did things, you know but was never here. Samson was a absolute, this is the thing I saw last night in this text that just blew me away. Samson knew about all the externals, but he didn't have it internally, and that's why it got him. And let me just say something to you. I can't put that in you, and your mom and daddy can't put that in you. Only God can put that in you in a surrendered heart. Just the honest truth. Uh, Delilah's will probe and pressure you to trust them with the secrets of your heart. Now, I'm going to say something here today. In this relationship, stay away from Delilah's. You can have a Delilah in a business. Are you listening to me? You can be dealing with a Delilah in a business relationship. You do not tell people the secrets of your soul. There are some things that stay between you and God. Or the people you most deeply trust that you've had experience that they are trustworthy. You never tell people the secrets of your heart. You be careful about who you pour your heart out to. This is dangerous stuff right here. You want to show you why. When she discovered the secret of his heart, he, she immediately took it and killed him with it. It was that right there that got him. When you pour your heart out to somebody, you have... For blackmail. You start telling stuff that nobody in the world maybe really needs to know but God. 
down here in um, Harrison, Arkansas, I believe it was. No, no. Uh, maybe Harrison. Some town right here in the northern Arkansas. They just arrested a young man down there. who would entrap young ladies with his phone video. He turned them into slaves with his phone. He'd get them to commit immorality and film it. Then he would tell that girl, you do exactly what I tell you, when I tell you, or I'll put this out public. I'll ruin you. Berryville, Arkansas. That's where it was. I, I, I know this rough stuff. But I'm telling you something. There's Delilah's out here everywhere. And this guy, you know, he, oh, he, he, if he walked into church here, some of you girls would go, ooh, 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 who's he? You'll find out who he is. And when he's got you blackmailed with his phone video, I'll show that to your folks. I'll show that. I'll put this out on public video. They take the secrets of your life. You don't open yourself up to people. I don't know. They'll press you to trust them and they'll use your trust to destroy you. I'm going to show you an example of this. You get hooked up with somebody a little bit and you get a chance to visit some. Watch me. You go to church where? Go to Church of Liberty Faith. Isn't that where Kelly preaches you? They're a little on the wild side, aren't they? Watch this. Well, I don't really go along with everything they teach up there and preach. You just told them a secret of your soul. They got you. They know you're nothing. They know secretly you're a rebel. And the secret of your heart is you don't love the Lord and you don't want to obey the Bible and you're willing to sell yourself to suit them. Delilah's are to be stayed away from, steered clear of. The Bible said in James 1.14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Don't blame anybody else. Don't blame Delilah. Blame yourself. You can get done with all that Delilah did, but in the end, Samson, why didn't you walk away? That's why the Bible says flee fornication. Don't just walk away, run from it. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, the Bible said, be not deceived, evil communications corrupts good manners. If you know in your heart that a person is dangerous and you still hang out with them, you are self-destructing and you will get burned playing with that fire. Let's stand together. Woo, made it through. Now I'm going to ask you a stupid question. Is there any truth to what I preached? Where did the truth come from? Bible. Bible. And it'll help you if you let it. All right.